Revelation chapter 18. Chapter 18 is a very interesting chapter because uh, as you go through it, you, you'll see that many of the verses and phrases in chapter 18 are almost identical to chapter 17. So you could be thinking, oh, we're still talking about Mystery Babylon, the woman, the papal church. But there are subtle differences between chapter 17 and chapter 18, which shows us that, no, in fact, we are talking about now the literal city of Babylon in chapter 18, which is present-day Iraq. Uh, so that's what it is as we get into this. Uh, keep that in mind. There, uh, we are not talking, and we are not still talking about Babylon, the the Roman Church. We're talking now about the literal city of Babylon. And Revelation verse one, eighteen verse one says, "After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority." And the earth was illuminated with his glory. Okay, so this is this is after. It says after these things. This is after uh, the the mystery Babylon, the woman riding the beast, is destroyed by the beast. So after John witnesses the destruction of mystery Babylon in Rome, a new event un unfolds before him, which is the destruction of the literal city of Babylon we know as modern-day Iraq. Now this angel is probably Michael, though the Bible doesn't actually say. But Michael is the defending angel of Israel in the Old Testament, and we are dealing with the nation of Israel in this chapter. In Revelation 17, we see mystery Babylon destroyed by the beast and his ten kingdoms. In this chapter, we see the city of Babylon destroyed by God. In Revelation 17, the kings of the earth rejoiced at the destruction of mystery Babylon. But in this chapter, they weep and lament because the city is destroyed. Revelation 17 describes the destruction of the religious system, whereas this chapter reveals the destruction of Satan's seat, the commercial and governmental city of Babylon. 18 verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a habitation of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. When God completely destroys Babylon at the end of the Great Tribulation, it will become a place where all the, of the demons and evil spirits of the earth will be condemned to stay until their judgment. It will be a cage for them that they will not be able to escape from. The entire country and everything associated with it will be wiped out in just one hour. The ancient city of Babylon, from, all the way from the days of Nimrod, Genesis 10.10, grew in size and importance until it reached its greatest glory during the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, 
from 604 BC to 562 BC. It was an exact square of 15 miles on each side and was surrounded by a brick wall that was 87 feet thick and 350 feet high. On the wall were 250 towers and the top of the wall was wide enough to allow six chariots to drive along side by side to each other. Outside this wall was a huge ditch surrounding the city that was filled with water fed from the Euphrates River. Inside the first wall and not far from it was a second wall, not much inferior but narrower, extending around the city. Twenty-five magnificent avenues, 150 feet wide, ran across the city from north to south, and the same number crossed them from east to west. The Euphrates River that flowed diagonally through it divided the city into two equal parts. The banks within the city were walled up and pierced with brazen gates and had steps leading down to the river. At the end of the main avenues, on each side of the city, were gates whose leaves of brass shone like leaves of flame as they were opened or closed in the rising or the setting of the sun. A bridge at each end, of which there was a palace, spanned the Euphrates River within the city. Passageways underneath the bed of the river connected these palaces, in which at different points were located lavish banqueting rooms constructed entirely of brass. Near one of these palaces stood the Tower of Babel, consisting of eight towers, each one being 75 feet high. They raised one on top of the other, with an outstanding winding stairway and a pagan chapel on the top that made up a combined height of 660 feet. This chapel contained the most expensive furniture of any place of worship in the world. Just one of the golden images, which were 45 feet high, were valued at $17,500,000, and the whole of the sacred utensils were valued at $200 million. Babylon also contained one of the seven wonders of the world, the famous Hanging Gardens. These gardens were 400 square feet and were raised in terraces, one above the other, to the height of 350 feet. The stairway in these gardens were 10 feet wide. The top of each terrace was covered with large stones on which was laid a bed of rushes then a thick layer of asphalt, next two courses of bricks cemented together, and finally plates of lead to prevent leakage. The entire garden was then covered with earth and planted with shrubbery and large trees. From a distance it had the appearance of a forest-covered mountain, which was a remarkable sight in the flat plains of the Euphrates. These gardens were built by King Nebuchadnezzar 
to please his wife, who came from the mountainous country of Media, and by having these gardens, she was content with her surroundings. Babylon is intimately connected with the history of God's chosen people, Israel. A large part of the book of Daniel and of Jeremiah relate to Babylon. Babylon is also mentioned in 11 other books of the Old Testament and 4 in the New Testament. Scriptures reveal that Babylon has been conquered and destroyed many times throughout history. But it has never been as devastated as the book of Revelation tells us it will be in the end times when God pours out his wrath once and for all upon it. God's word is true, whether you personally believe it or not. Sometime in the near future, Babylon will be rebuilt in all its splendor and glory. It will become a thriving area of commerce and the arts. It will be the place to be. For a description of Babylon's ultimate destruction at the end of the Great Tribulation, I urge you to read Isaiah chapter 13 and 14 and Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51. Uh, by reading these chapters, you can see that much of the prophecies regarding the city of Babylon have not yet been fulfilled. Cyrus, king of the Medes and Darius, king of Persia, captured Babylon in 541 BC. So quietly and quickly was the city captured on the night of King Belshazzar's feast that some inhabitants did not know until three days later that the king had been slain and the city captured. That's in Daniel chapter 5. There was no destruction of the physical city of Babylon at that time. 25 years later, in 516 BC, Babylon revolted against King Darius and after a fruitless siege of almost 20 months was finally taken by the use of strategy rather than actual combat. About 478 BC, Xerxes, on his return from Greece, plundered but did not destroy the great temple of Babylon. In 331 BC, Alexander the Great approached Babylon, which was once again so powerful that he made preparations for bringing his entire army into action in case it should offer resistance. But the citizens threw open the gates and received him with great rejoicing. After sacrificing to the god Baal, or Babel, he rebuilt the temple of that god, and for weeks he kept 10,000 men employed in clearing away the ruins from the foundation. He intended to revive the glory of Babylon and make it his capital. But Alexander died of marsh fever and alcoholism when he was just one month shy of his 33rd birthday, so the task was never completed. During the years that followed, Alexander's four generals fought wars over the control of Babylon. It suffered much damage and finally came under the control of General Seleucus, who built a capital for himself out of the remains and renamed it Seleucia around 293 BC. 
By 25 AD, the city of Seleucia was almost deserted. Sometime between 25 AD and 60 AD, the city was renamed Babylon. The Jews, left over from the captivity, still resided there in large numbers. In 60 AD, the Apostle Peter was working among them, for it was from Babylon that Peter wrote his epistle. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, he writes, The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salute you, and so does Marcus, my son. After the middle of the 5th century A.D., Theodoret, who as a historian says, quote, Babylon is only inhabited by Jews and still has three Jewish universities there, unquote. In the last year of the 5th century, the Babylonian Talmud was issued and recognized authoritatively by the Jews of the whole world. In 917 A.D., Ibu Hankel mentions Babylon as an insignificant village, but yet still in existence. In 1100 A.D., Babylon grew again into a town of some importance because it was then called the town of two mosques. Shortly after that, it was enlarged and renamed Hilla, which means rest. In 898 A.D., I'm sorry, 1898 A.D., Hilla contained about 10,000 people and was surrounded by fertile lands and abundant date groves stretched along the banks of the Euphrates. In 2006 A.D., it is known as El Hilla, located 56 miles south of present-day Baghdad. From this little bit of history, we can see that some prophecies about Babylon have not yet been fulfilled. Isaiah 21 verse 9 says, Look, here comes a man in a chariot with a team of horses. And he gives back the answer, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. All the images of its gods lie shattered on the ground. And Jeremiah 56 verse 26 No rock will be taken from you for a cornerstone nor any stone for a foundation for you will be desolate forever declares the Lord Many towns and cities up to the present day have been built from the ruins of Babylon Hilla was constructed entirely from the debris of Babylon and even houses in present day Baghdad have Babylonian stamped bricks on them. The prophet Isaiah is specific as to when these prophecies will be fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 9 open quote Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with both wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate. And he will destroy its sinners from it." Close quote. The day of the Lord throughout Scripture means only one thing. It's the Great Tribulation. And it's when the Lord will return with a vengeance and pour His wrath upon this earth.
18, verse 3. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have committed, have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. No nation shall be exempt from the pull of Babylon and the lust for material possessions and adulteries. Everything evil will be legal. James chapter 5 verses 1 through 6 states, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have flattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Babylon will be judged because of the tremendous evil influence it will have on the world. Revelation 18, verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. The voice that John now hears is the voice of God the Father calling his people, the Jews, to come out and separate themselves. They are not to be partakers of the sins of Babylon, so they will not receive the judgments that are about to fall on Babylon. Just like when God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the two angels told Lot to get his sons and daughters and sons-in-law and bring them out of this place, Genesis 19:12. Isaiah 48, verse 20. Leave Babylon, flee from the Babylonians, announce this with shouts of joy and proclaim it. Send it out to the ends of the earth, say, The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. There are numerous warnings for the Jews to leave Babylon in the end times, besides what I just read. There's Isaiah chapter 52, verse 11. Depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. In Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 8, Move from the midst of Babylon. Get out of the land of the Chaldeans. And to be like the rams before the flocks, get out from her. Jeremiah 51, verse 6, Flee from the midst of Babylon, and every, everyone saves his life. Do not be cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He shall recompense her. 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Revelation 18, verse 5. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Just as we have seen that the prayers of the saints reach unto heaven, so the saints of the wicked also reach unto heaven. Jonah chapter 1 verse 2 said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Just as God answers and blesses the prayers of the saints and rewards them, so God will give the sinners their just punishment with fire and brimstone. Psalms 11 verse 6 On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. And in Luke chapter 17 verses 29 and 30 But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. Revelation 18 verse 6 Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mixed for her double. God will double the punishment on Babylon for however she punished Israel through the centuries. Jeremiah 51 verse 24 and 49 states, the Lord says, Before your eyes I will repay Babylon and all who live in Babylonia for all the wrong they have done in Zion, declares the Lord. Babylon must fall because of Israel's slain, just as the slain in all the earth have fallen because of Babylon. Revelation chapter 18, verse 7 and 8. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine. And she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. God is revealing Babylon's pride. She glorified herself and that was Lucifer's downfall also, pride. Babylon's pride will be her downfall. Babylon says in her heart, I sit as a queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. But God has a different plan for Babylon. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 11 through 15 says of Satan's pride, Your pomp is brought down to hell, and the sound of your stringed instruments. 
The maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground.